Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Well, the barbecues are back, so probably no harm to put a bit of shape on the garden. And uh, garden designer Jeremy Gavin and plantsman Paul Smith have teamed up on a new book which aims to help. You're both very welcome Thank into you. studio today. You. Listen, you, you, you've come together to, um, to, to write the book, uh, Gardening Together. Um, Why did you team up, Jeremy? We teamed up, it was all to do with lockdown. I, I keep listening to authors coming on radio shows and television shows and talking about their lockdown books. And this is the, yeah. the yeah. typical lockdown <laughs> book. So uh, Paul is a brilliant plants man. Uh, I love garden design and I use plants to create gardens. And we were working together when lockdown happened. And it was the first lockdown was incredibly strict, but the weather was brilliant. So we started doing Instagram live broadcasts every evening at seven o'clock and answering questions from people all around the country and all around the world. Mm. And that, uh, two years later, has resulted in... First of all, it was a television show. Then we had a garden festival in in last September in Balanskelligs in County Kerry. And now the book, about a year late, uh, <laughs> the publishers <laughs> would remind me. But the book is out. But it's out anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just when you mentioned the questions coming in, since I mentioned that you were both on the programme today at the start, there's tons of messages coming in from um, uh, keen gardeners and I'm going to, we'll come to them in a few moments time because I did promise people will try and get answers to the queries but 53106 is the number um, I suppose the great thing about the book Paul is that it's uh, it's about simplicity and it's things on a month by month basis Yeah I mean that's what we're all about when we were on those Instagram lives we were trying to make it as simple as possible you know people were stuck at home they didn't know much about gardening but they were really really interested in it and we're all about making the book as simple as possible making gardening simple as possible mm. the book goes month by month talks through every single month you open up into May we talk about things to do in May we talk about weeding we talk about what you need to do in the garden in May uh, you open up January it tells you well we open up January it tells you that there's not much to do in January let's say book a to Florida I yeah. think it says and uh, book into an Airbnb eat fries and watch Netflix <laughs> so sounds, it, sounds like my kind of garden <laughs> book <laughs> because that's the thing I suppose you're like you know I'm, I'm very 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 new I have a limited amount of experience in the garden and stuff in the last 12 months but like I don't know what to do or where to start so the, the following nature plants love to grow and they particularly love to grow in this country so we've just had a rain shower which has been kind of cleansing it'll water all the plants you look at the weather forecast for Spain and you see the temperature of just 40 oppressive we have a lovely gentle climate for, for plants so there's a whole cycle that plants go through and when the days get longer plants react to that they pop their heads up and every garden no matter how bad you think you're garden is every garden at this time of the year in this country looks brilliant. I don't know Jeremy I have two of those little uh, boxes, trees things that I bought and they're they're expensive like things, I got them last year, put them at the front of the house, thought they looked fabulous, wrapped the lights around them the whole lot. I've had about three people comment in the last two weeks that they're they're yellow, like they're you know they're they're, yeah, they're well, gone, are they? Boxes do suffer. First of all, have you looked after them? Have you fed them? No. And have you watered them? Uh, definitely haven't fed them, which is probably a big part of the problem. Um, Some water and hit and miss, to be honest. Well, <laughs> the, the, the feeding should be you. You need to keep them good and strong. There's a couple of diseases and there's a couple of pests that really attack them, and in particular, boxes 
right through Europe have really suffered. So there's a caterpillar that will decimate them. It'll decimate them so much that the plant will appear to shake. These caterpillars are eating them so fast. And then there's also a fungal disease. Yeah, so a blight, basically, which they're very susceptible to. It sounds as though yours is actually just hungry, though. So maybe, <laughs> may, I mean, it sounds like you haven't watered or fed it. I mean, you're... <laughs> but it's, it's probably criminal, right? Really. Really. <laughs> seaweed fertiliser. Yeah, will, what you will. need to do is go out, you can buy a product which is a feed and protect. So it'll feed it number one and then it'll protect right. it against those two diseases. And is it too late to start using this? No, 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 no. Perfect time of year. Oh, really? Absolutely. Things yeah. are only starting to really grow now. So put it onto it now in the next weekend and it'll be fine. And but the product we'll... is called Top Boxes. Top Boxes. Top Boxes. Yeah, and if you put it on a kind of schedule of of, of, of giving the plant this, don't just buy it and think because <laughs> <laughs> it's in the bit of your car. Uh, I, I look for sort of low commitment, uh, high yielding, nice flower, cheap plants. That's where I'm at in gardening. Yeah, well, it's a reflection yeah, so of my life. Started off well, if I you like give that. the basics <laughs> to topiary, you've started off Low well. commitment. Yeah. Minimal, minimal effort here. I tell you, plant a mallow in the garden. Uh, a mallow is a, is a great plant. It grows incredibly fast and right through the summer it's covered in uh, beautiful pink flowers. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, anyone that you have butterfly bush is oh, another fantastic. one they flower their socks off all summer long and as the name says butterflies will absolutely love it they're covered in it as soon as okay. they flower listen yeah. Catherine is taxed in I'd like to ask Paul and Jeremy why my lovely 15 year old holly hedge that the birds love has in the last two years developed large bare patches it's spreading along the entire hedge it's not due to agricultural spray could it be fungus and how do I please treat it First mm. of all, what a brilliant plant you have. An indigenous native plant that will sustain a huge evergreen and will sustain a huge amount of other life forms. Oh, yeah, but and the berries in the winter. Dead, so <laughs> it's not much use. So what's causing the dialect? It sounds like it could be a honey fungus, which is a bit of a problem. It, it kind of is in soil in certain gardens. And if you have it, it does exactly that. It kind of goes, puts bare patches in your head, will spread along. Unfortunately, if your hedge has it, there's not a huge amount you can do apart from start again with one that's mm. more or less susceptible to getting honey fungus beech okay. tends to be less susceptible to getting honey fungus um, unfortunately I hope that helps Catherine in some way sorry five, yeah, yeah <laughs> five, 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 53106 is the number if you have a question here for uh, Paul Smith and Jeremy Gavin today uh, Aidy's wondering about the safest way to get rid of ants and wood lice in a glass house where I'm growing tomatoes cucumbers and peppers please they won't harm them they won't harm them. So there's a we we have a, a huge issue with trying to control bugs and nature and whatever. We need the whole ecosystem. I get that they can be annoying. I get that some ants can bite or people can be allergic to them, but they won't really harm them. No, and as pests go in a glass house, you know, if you have a few ants and a few woodlouse, you're doing well. You don't have lots of aphids and things eating your tomatoes. I would leave them, uh, you know, open the window or the doors, let the birds in, they'll pick at them and let other wildlife in there too. Uh, it's not to say you have can't have your glass house going rampant, but, uh, you know, if they're not doing anything at all and they're not in your way, just kind of learn to live with them and that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. If they're really really annoying you can just wash out uh, a load a load of them in there if they're like a nest of them in your way I have a, fr- a text in from my friend there who uh, says to me on the box Sandria we told you last year you needed to feed it it was yellow it's now brown R.I.P. Oh, well, if, it's, if it's brown it's probably right yeah you know, anyway yeah, we'll yeah, move yeah, on so, right. um, a County Clare listener who says is there any garden design courses available for an amateur I really need a few ideas and I cannot come up with anything myself for the garden not a long course with a certificate just something short perhaps a one week intensive course any thoughts? Don't know. We reckon our brains. There are some online courses, but we don't know of any 
off the top of our heads yeah. that are that short. There's posh yeah. ones from the, the likes of the English gardening school places like that. But they go on for months. The RHSI, the, uh, uh, the RHS Crosswater, they do online courses, but they go. They're a big commitment. But garden design takes uh, kind of living. Get a good book. Um, gardening together. Well, gardening together is good for the <laughs> for craft me. of gardening, but it's not. Uh, it's we not, do touch on design, we but do we don't go into design, huge yeah. detail. John Brooks, uh, the small garden is a very, very good book. Uh, and um, our one I did years ago, uh, uh, garden design made easy. It's garden design in ten easy steps. Uh, I think some colleges use it, mm. and it is very, okay. very basic. So. 53106 if you have any suggestions if there's listeners out there that maybe have c- completed a course Good and idea. you'd like to share it on there with our County Clare listener uh, Noelle is wondering about um, she's a beautiful scented old rambler rose it's uh, diseased uh. and want to take a soft rose cutting from it do I just stick it in the soil like a hardwood cutting or would I need to treat it differently so cuttings are one of those funny things that, this is where I say gardening can be a dark art but if you have a rose that has a bit of disease on it the best thing to do there is to try find the healthiest part of that rose get the new growth and at this time of year you're taking what's called like a soft wood or a soft tip cutting so the newest growth that has only really been grown for the last couple of weeks would be quite soft so you want to take that Put it into some compost. If you have something like perlite or grit to mix through that compost to let the drainage and the water drain out of that pot, great. So stick it into the side of the pot. The side of the pot tends to be better. It allows a bit of heat uh, for the cutting to actually root. When you have it in there, you give it a good water and then you get a Ziploc bag or something like that and you wrap it over the top with an elastic band and that keeps in the humidity and that will allow the cutting not to wilt because as soon as you chop something off a plant, particularly fresh new growth, it just tends to wilt straight away. So you're making a little mini greenhouse yeah. putting this plastic bag, but just be a little bit careful because uh, you don't want fungal diseases building up in, the, in, in there. Yeah, let like the air so in a let few times air a day in. if you can. Elizabeth and Sutton is wondering if I can ask the lads for a suggestion for something to grow and reach a little over a fence. Ideally, it would mature to around a metre wide. We'd keep it to about 1.5 high. We only have a small sleeper enclosed bed in the front of the fence. The only thing currently doing well in the bed are grasses. It's largely because of the dogs peeing and killing other plants. <laughs> we super appreciate any advice as Elizabeth. Is it Sutton. a shrub or a climber do you get from that? I kind of would think a climber the way that yeah. was asked but I suppose the shrub would work too I'm thinking of the climber the classic one that we love the Solanum Glasnevin oh do you see the one in my house at the moment yeah it's, now it grows like the clappers it does but you, you could keep it keep chopped it to a metre or whatever that's, yeah. a, that's an excellent because evergreen and at this time of the year from this time of the year right through summer covered in profusions of, of flower and it's an Irish variety discovered mm. in the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin in Dublin uh, relative of the tomato uh, yeah, yeah uh, tomato and potatoes is yeah. in that same family yeah. but great plant flowers all along all summer long and it's evergreen so um, this text we're wondering about having a big garden and wild wild garlic has taken over all of the flower beds and now oh, coming right. out onto the lawn. We've been digging it up and putting weed killer on it for the past three years. It's still growing. So if it comes out to the lawn, it won't survive because if you keep your lawn trimmed, uh, nothing will survive the blades of the of the lawnmower. Elsewhere, look, it, it, it can be invasive, especially in woodlands. And if you go for a nice woodland walk, sometimes the, the sight of it is absolutely brilliant when it's in flower. The smell of it can be absolutely awful. Does it actually it smell like it? Just, oh, 
Oh, like cooking oh, garlic. Yeah. If you drive past it on the yeah. side of the road, it is like someone has left an it's entire garlic bread yeah. on the side of the field. <laughs> it really smells yeah. Yeah. Lots of people buy pesto though, right? from it. Uh, from yeah. the yeah. Wild garlic pesto is lovely. Yeah. Right. Uh, very strong, very strong. Digging it out or covering areas in uh, bits of heavy polythene, depriving it of light, is really the only way of doing it. Yeah, I think heavy polythene is the easiest option there. Okay. Lots yeah. of questions coming in about any good weed killers. Tormented trying to keep the weeds at bay in the patio, says this listener. Another texter wondering about any natural weed killers for a fairly wild garden. Oh, we, we prefer do. texter too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we do. Uh, Paul has a new way of attacking the weeds. Come on. Yeah, well, now I suppose it's kind of eco-friendly. Uh, it's a gas canister and a flamethrower flame at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you might laugh, but it works. In the same way that frost kills the plant in the winter time, yeah. uh, it actually burns and it blows up the cells in the plant and heats them instead of cooling it, which it they freeze and they burst. No. I feel like I should be given some sort of health, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> please read yeah, warning. Yeah, Especially if he's using it because he went around my garden with it and every plant that he thought could do with a bit of uh, <laughs> burnishing uh, he, he attacked. I but, tried to tackle the weeds last week. Um, like my neighbours suggested using the washing up um, powder and just pure vinegar. The place uh, smells like a shipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what will work uh, if you do it a few times is boiling water. So boiling oh, water right. is going to boil the foliage. If the in the same way the flamethrower works, it's actually. <laughs> and I'm not messing. You can buy propane flamethrowers. Yeah. You can actually buy them to take weeds off patios, and they're very okay. effective. So right. don't totally throw that idea. Right. So it okay. does work. <laughs> As does the vinegar, but it's kind of like it's a combination of all those things. We don't like using any chemicals, and it's just trying all those different methods. We, no, we, we tend to garden as if gardening was housework, and uh, tend to control nature to the nth degree. We shouldn't really do that. And the weeds sometimes are the most productive plants in a garden and they, uh, you know, daisies and dandelions and whatever will produce a huge amount of pollen. So if we can live with them a little bit. Della has got in touch to recommend Des Doyle from Garden Fable in Kilkenny does a great weekend gardening course. I've heard of this and I've heard it's very, very good. So that might be a suggestion uh, for a listener. Um, The Chelsea Flower Show starting tomorrow have any involvement? Not, not this year. We had plans a couple of years back to be, I think, there with a garden this year. But uh, probably next year we'll have we we're planning something very, very large and uh, something very striking. But oh. uh, no, we're not there this year. Yeah, I know we're planning something really quite mad, different, different. Can we know about it or? Um, no. No, it's very dramatic and it will be we're, it's quite dystopian uh, in a way. I've been working on it for 12 years at this stage and about three years ago, just before lockdown, uh, 14 of us gathered in a cottage down in County Kerry. People from all around the world, some of whom we'd never met before, landscape architects, designers, yeah. engineers, uh, and we did all the plans. Uh, so we're talking to the Royal Horticultural Society. It got through all their systems. It's four times as big as any garden that has ever been at Chelsea. It's tall, apart from anything else. It takes in public pathways and hopefully we'll get to do it. OK, good stuff. Well, you might come back and tell us about that again. Another quick question from a listener who says, we had to remove large laurel hedges at the back of our garden, giving us great privacy from our neighbours behind. What would the lads suggest to give privacy from neighbours that's prettier than 
laurel hedges. Is that right? Well, a native, a native, yeah. uh, an assortment of native trees. The thing about laurel hedges is it's going to be evergreen. They grow fairly fast. They do a good job, but they're very dense. They can make, an, if you have a big enough garden, they can make a nice backdrop. There are some other, we've, we've done a garden up in Northern Ireland in, in a park in Antrim and we used Prunus lusitanica, which is a smaller leaf Portuguese uh, laurel, which was very nice. Um, otherwise, uh, and we'd always love a mix of, of natives like elder roses and even birch and white thorn, which is in flower at the moment and is absolutely uh, uh, glorious. But for, if you want privacy, maybe not the most practical of hedge. Beech is also good. It keeps its leaf right the way through from the pre. It's a deciduous. Mm. It's only dropping its leaf as the new leaf uh, emerges. And then we often talk about using fast-growing evergreens, but you have to be quite careful with them. So things like acacia or eucalyptus, but sometimes you need to be a little bit careful because one of them in a small garden can, can go overpower. huge. I mean, if you've yeah. got enough room, great, mm. and they're evergreen and they will have flowers if you get the acacia in the middle of winter. But, but we have yeah. suggestions in the book. We do. I wanted to ask you just briefly before I let you go. We're into the end of May, heading into June. So what what is in the book that people should be doing now? Uh, weeding, in a way, and the reason, I, even though we've talked about weeding, the way my garden is a mess at the moment, but it doesn't look like a mess because we have the canopy of all the lovely plants, the grasses, the herbaceous perennials, the trees, but underneath there's buttercup creeping everywhere. If there are weeds that are taking over, if you get a hoe out now take off the uh, the, the flowers and the weed and put a mulch down of good organic uh, matter that keeps moisture in around the bases of plants and if you weed now it stops what's your term about weeding one one year. year's seeding is seven years weeding so, so it'll stop the stop weeds producing flower just okay. uh, uh, at this moment but so weeding and doing your pots so uh, all the tender plants that you're seeing in the garden centres that'll produce a huge amount of colour now get out and make the most camp most uh, uh, vigorous, most overpowering displays of uh, clashing colours. Good stuff. That's all for June. <laughs> that's uh, all for June. That's all for May and June. Yeah. May and June. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Listen, Gardening Together by Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith out now, uh, where of course people will be able to buy it as well. Thanks a million to you both for coming in today. Great to see you. Thank yeah, you. really appreciate it. Paul Smith and Dermot Gavin. We're going to be going back to talk about uh, how we possibly deal with all the dog poo next. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.